The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. You've been listening to CNBC's Halftime Report, the podcast. You can always catch us live weekdays at 12 Eastern, only on CNBC. Welcome to the Halftime Report. I'm Scott Wapner. Front and center this hour, the current state of stocks, whether a lot of turbulence is ahead for your money. We debate and discuss that with our investment committee today. Joining me for the hour, Josh Brown, Jim Labenthal, John Najarian, Courtney Gibson, the president of Loop Capital Markets. Good to see everybody. Let's check stocks coming off their worst day in some three weeks. The virus very much on the minds of investors now. Cases are surging all over the country. NASDAQ's positive, so a bid in growth. Not so much in the cyclical or value plays. Dow, S&P, Russell are lower. Court, I turn to you first. Set oh, the scene boy. for us, if you will. How's the, how's the market look to you? What are you focusing on? Hey, Scott, always good to be back with you guys. Um, You know, it's really, really an interesting time in the markets right now, right? You have this dichotomy where we're seeing some strength in the markets. I think we're a little off today, but you know, you're seeing some some read through or look through in the market to say, hey, we're gonna we're gonna see some optimism on the other side. However, the economy hasn't quite caught up yet to the markets. And I think we are going to need and we need to focus on making sure that the legislature realizes we still need stimulus stimulus. We need the consumer that's two thirds of this economy not back getting it. in full swing. Not getting it. No. We're not, not getting right it. now. Well, what does that mean, though, then? If if I tell you we're not getting it, well, we're not getting it anytime soon. Well, you know, soon is relative as well, right? I mean, I think there's a lot of levers that can be pulled here. And I think that we're getting things together. And, um, you know, I wish we could get it during, you know, December at some point. You're right. It does not look like it's going to happen. If folks could get their arms around it and, and get some things done, I think it would be more than prudent for this country. But even if we get it in January, I mean, I think it's it, it won't be too late. But I think we'll be playing from behind the eight ball for those of you that are playing pool. All right. Um, Farmer Jim, um, unfortunately, there are too many people behind the eight ball, right? And we're not getting stimulus anytime soon. I'm trying to figure out what it what it means for the market between the now and the vaccine, because there's a lot of field that needs to be covered before you get to that point. We're not getting stimulus anytime soon. You can't put your hopes around that. So how does that all factor into what you're doing in the market? Well, look, basically, I'm staying invested. I'm not fretting about it. Look, there's a human tragedy going on here that I I don't even want to talk about. And I know you've been all over it, Scott. Thank you for doing that. It's terrible. But when you get when you look past that human uh, tragedy, what you've got is actually a shortening runway to get to the other side of this of this pandemic. Um, You know, there's talk from Pfizer CEO that they might start distributing this in December, the vaccine, that is. Now, it's going to take many months to get it out there. Um, And also, you know what? January isn't that long away. January 5th, I think, is the Senate runoffs in Georgia. Once you get those out of the way, I think you get stimulus. I think you get it immediately thereafter. Uh, Both sides want it, but they don't want to give the other side a win. That's a month and a half away. In the meantime, Scott, in the meantime, look, a month and a half, you've got Black Friday coming up. You've got retail sales already at a record high. 
poised to grow again in the holiday season, there are some things to be positive about in addition to the negative. So there's a cross current of good and bad news, but I'm not fretting about it. Yeah, well, retail sales were a little light, right? I mean, things may be starting to tail off they, a bit. They were jobless, light, but they were still job, a record. Jobless claims were up, too. So, you know, let's not, let's not go overboard on that. And the, the other point I would bring up, John, in, in terms of where we ask, you know, is more turbulence ahead for your money, which we did right off the top of the program today, at least in the near term, Tom Lee raises his year end target to thirty eight hundred from thirty five twenty five. P.E. expands by one point four times to nineteen point seven times. That's seven percent upside from here. Typical Santa Claus rallies coming, he said. Substantial upside for epicenter stocks, he said. We don't want to be jumping the gun. Those are his words. But it does look more and more like COVID-19 wave three could be slowing. I don't know where he gets that from. And, you know, Tom, <laughs> as much as I respect Tom for being a market, um, a, a good market viewer, he's not an epidemiologist, so I'm not going to give him the, 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 the credit of doing that. But, Doc, how does that all, does no. that sound reasonable to you? 7% upside between now yeah. and, and the end of the year? Yeah. Wow, that would be uh, quite a jump, Scott. Um, Tom's looking at rolling over in certain small demographics uh, around the country, and hopefully that translates into big demographics around the country. But as far as 7% uh, uh, by year end, wow, that's, that's quite an upside target out of uh, Fundstrat. I'm looking right now, Scott, at uh, the stay-at-home stocks not being dead for a while, for quite a while. Um, and that, to me, means that we're uh, rooting for the, the vaccine, and now we've got two or even three because, of course, the Oxford one that we had news about today as well. So we've got several vaccines. That's what we were waiting for, Scott. Between the last stimulus and the next one, which may hit us in March, like we said, by the time it works its way through Congress and everything. That's already been four months. Dexter hates that. Four months. We're going on five months without any of that additional yeah. stimulus. Hey, yeah, you, so go, you, go deal, you go deal with Dexter. I'm going to talk to Which is to why Josh we're going to need okay? more. That's, that's which what I'm going to do. We need more. This, we're going to need more. This is the, the one time. Wait. This is when we actually need uh, John Nigerian's microphone to stop working. <laughs> you go deal with Dexter. <laughs> I'm going to deal you, with Scott. Josh Brown. <laughs> So what what the hell kind of dog is that? That sounded like a wolf. <laughs> what is Dexter? Josh, it's part wolf, the part the Bernese Bernese Let's get dog. back our focus on here. Um, <laughs> Deutsche, so you got Tom Lee's target to 3,800. You got Deutsche Bank um, saying we still see room for equity markets to weaken uh, towards our year-end target of 3,250. Right, uh, stop! 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 One okay. sec! One sec! One yeah. sec! Yep. Everyone's focused. Everyone, everyone's fo uh, everyone's focused on the wrong thing. I don't even know what people are talking about right okay. now. All I'm going to tell you is, all I'm going to tell you is, okay, we're going to have a year-end melt-up. We have positive data on two of the vaccines that literally could get emergency use authorization, um, like, within days, okay? We have another one in phase two with good results. There might even be a fourth when the Johnson & Johnson formulation Agreed. comes out. Agreed. I hear that one might be no more tears. Can't argue okay. with any of that. I understand, I understand that that's a while in the future before there are enough vaccines for I totally understand that but that doesn't matter it's the fact that it's here we have it mm -hmm. it gets to the people that need it first and people feel emboldened to do more things day by it's not flicking a switch but it's too late 
it's too late. We're already in vaccine mode. So now you have low tax rates for at least the balance of 21, mm-hmm. regardless of what happens with the runoff in Georgia. Okay, nothing's happening there. Great. Now you have low rates. Nobody's touching rates, I okay. promise you. Okay. okay? At, least a, at least a year. I agree with you. You have the, the major things. Now, look at the housing market this morning. October mm-hmm. existing sales are now back at the peak, 7 million, 7 million. That's what we were doing in 05 during the housing bubble. Now we don't have, have a housing bubble because household balance sheets don't look like they did back then and loan quality is higher. So we have this unbelievable change. 32% of the new houses signing contracts for this month were first time buyers. This is a new generation. They're moving into new homes and they are spending money on those homes. This is what one of the spending? most important okay. driving forces behind the economy. And then, and then, to cap it all off, we're not, we're not looking at stocks based on what's going on now. If you're investing, you're thinking about six months from now. Six months from now, a portion of the population will have already been vaccinated. Mm-hmm. People are going to be at concerts, traveling, doing things again outside of their homes. The restaurants are reopened. Can't wait for that. I'm at Jones Beach. Double Bill, Pearl Jam and Foo Fighters, the world comes back to normal in the coming year. Can't wait and for that. And earnings estimates are going higher. Okay. And, and that is the big picture. Okay. And all this other stuff, Bill de Blasio closes schools. Who cares about Bill de Blasio? A lot of parents do, I can tell you that. I don't live in New York City, but a lot of Not parents me. who do, do. Uh, okay. So, all right. Let's take Josh Court to heart. Everything he said, let's say we agree with it. And we can't wait for those moments. I know I can't. I know all of you can't either. So then I go out and I've got American Airlines up 13 percent month to date. I buy that. I've got Delta up 23 percent. I buy that. I've got United up 19. I buy that too. MGM Resorts, because I want to go gambles up 31 percent this month. I go buy that in Las Vegas Sands and Wynn and Coles and Gap and Nordstrom and Ulta and Ross and Carnival and Royal Caribbean and Norwegian. Is that my move? Is that my move? You got a lot of money, Scott. Well, it's your move if you believe in not only this quote unquote, which I I hate talking about this reopening as if it's a what's going to last during COVID, what's going to be during the reopening. If it's a company and a sector that you believe in and it fits your portfolio and you have the money to do it, then yes, I told you I was buying Delta a while ago, right? But I also know in my t- that my time horizon is very, very different than some other people. If you can put the names in your portfolio, there are absolutely bargains across the board, right? I mean, I talked about, you know, we can talk about a ton of names. I mean, from the fintech space to traditional banks to, um, you know, Target, which I bought, a, you know, at, at a time when People were nervous as to whether it was at a high or not, and you see it blowing through numbers. I mean, there are opportunities across the board for you to buy solid companies that you believe will be growing from where we are today. It's just a matter of the when, not the what, aside from the fact that you have to make sure that you're investing in companies that are sustainable for the long term and management teams that can guide and lead them through this time and the times as we move forward. And that's critical. Josh, I ask you the same question I asked Court since I was talking about referencing what what you said. So do I want to buy all of the stocks that play into the reopen that you so optimistically spoke about? Or do I want to buy everything? Because the market is going to explode on the other side of this once you get that vaccine into people's arms and people get back to the type of normalcy you suggest is not that far away. Let me show you something. Pull up a chart of uh, Simon Property Group for me, please. (laughs) SPG. Um, 
this is a microcosm of it. what I want you to yep. picture happening okay. across m many stocks, many sectors. Simon Property Group this morning dropped a, a spot secondary. Basically, uh, they were going to do 17 million shares at 70, $72 a share. There was so much demand that they raised it to 19 million. And not only that, there's an overallotment uh, provision. So the, the syndicate actually has more shares if they want them. And they probably will because look where it's trading. The stock opened down for like five seconds. And then people said, wait a minute, I'm not upset that they raised money and are diluting. They raised money. Simon Property raised equity money. And what did they raise that money for? To complete the Taubman Center's deal um, at a more favorable renegotiated price than what they were. So here's what's happening throughout the economy. That's why I call it a microcosm. First of all, the fact that they can raise money is incredible. They should thank Jerome Powell. Um, but second of all, they can now work out a piece of business that they had planned prior to the pandemic and, and put all of this new equity and, and this new capital to use. This is what's going to happen like dominoes across the economy because liquidity is everywhere, expectations are low, things are gradually improving, people are feeling better, tax rates are staying low, and people are pent up. And they're going to want to get back on with their lives and Simon today, opening down, now rocketing higher, is a phenomenal example of that. And I want you to just close your eyes and picture that happening across the economy, not just in the United States. Look at global equity indices. They're all doing the same but thing. Then, MSCI but Farmer markets, Jim, China, Europe. Yeah, I got you. But for, Farmer Jim, though, well, then what do I do with the, the squares and the Shopify's, which Wall Street still wants me to buy? So Square you got should. its price target well, raised today to a new street high of 225 bucks at Mizuho. Shopify got upgraded to a buy over at Jefferies. Sonos has great earnings today. Best day ever. <clears throat> Highest level since August 18, Farmer Jim. So what do I do with those? Okay. All right, look, I'll be the Philistine who says you might consider taking some profits if you've, if you've owned those. I don't think this is the time to buy them. There's a difference between growth stocks and hyper growth stocks, okay? We can look at NVIDIA, we can look at Apple, we can look at Facebook and call those growth stocks no problems. Hyper growth stocks are the ones that are selling at 40 times this year's sales. And I understand the argument of they'll grow into it, but that argument loses a lot of wind when the rally broadens as it is broadening now to include much more of the market. When the only growth you can get are those hyper growth stocks, they go up. But now, and this is apropos of what Josh was saying about you look forward six months and a lot more activity is happening, the economy is fully open, more of the stock market is participating. I don't want to be in those stocks that are 40 times sales. I don't need to be in those stocks that are 40 times sales. I can make a lot of money in the, in the large cap tech and in the cyclicals, whether it's airlines or how about media stocks? How about Disney and Viacom? I mean, those are two stocks that are easy to make money in over the next six months. But Scott, a square is a is a sick is a change in demographic movement, and I think we have to be very very clear in in how we're lumping names together. And yes, you could say that it's expensive if that's how you're looking at it, or you could say you possibly are buying this very cheaply as we look forward and people then realize, okay, wait a minute, I can buy stocks via squares, cash app, 
And rather than me doing that any other way, that's how I'm going to continue to do it. And then they're going to tell their friends and you're going to grow, whether it's millennials or there are some boomers that are absolutely coming into this trend as well. So I think we have to be very, very careful as to the growth trajectory. And I think they got a big boost because people were focused on this whole, you know, um, stay at home. Right. Trade. I mean, it was a but pull this is forward, no longer a but, stay at home, but it is not a stay at home trade. This is going to be a trend that is going to continue. And I've heard people talking about the docu-signs and the Zooms and the like. You might not see 100 and 200% growth. I agree with Farmer Jim 1,000%. But by the same token, you can still, I believe, get 30 to 50% growth out of a square in the next 52 weeks. And you could put a pin in that for me, Scott. I mean, because it's up 200% year to date, right? A lot of these companies, I, I don't disagree with anything that you said about, you know. They're not the, working from home companies. Yeah, they're I know. They're not. Thank I, you, I, I Thank you my millennial me, friend. I get it, Josh. Can I show, you, still, can I show you a stock real I'll, quick? I'll come to you in a second. Hold on, I hold promise on. I will. But right. I, everything you said is true. Fundamentally, they're great companies. They're not stay-at-home companies, but they still pull forward potentially a, a lot of action in their business and, and their stocks. Pricing. They're not going it's away, not but they still negative. could have pulled forward a lot of no. the activity. No? They pulled forward adoption. They pulled forward adoption. They were covering revenue models. That's not Thank a negative. You. When no, no, we no, talk about negative. pulling forward traditionally... We're, we're talking about like, oh, a lot of people bought a car this year that would have normally waited till next year because we dropped it to zero APR financing. That's a negative. This is not that. This is adoption being pulled forward. But these are people that go on to continue to use and in many cases pay recurring revenue, which they won't stop paying just because they started paying now. So we have to, we have to understand what we mean by pull forward. Is it pull forward one-time transaction or make 5 million senior citizens start using a grocery app that they might have never adopted. Forget about Thank adopted you. later. Let me show you the stock real quick. Appian, APPN, never, probably never in the history of CNBC has this stock been mentioned. They're doing $300 million <laughs> a year. It's a $7 billion market cap. You know what they do? They do what's called low-code app development, which means somebody like John or me, who do not have, know how to code an app, but we have a business that we want to digitize and get on the internet, we can literally use low code to build an app and digitize some or all of what we do, regardless of what it is, right? Food, bicycle repair, whatever. Low code app is not being pulled forward right now and then never to be heard from again. It's a whole new mega secular trend of people who are going to be taking their businesses online. The pandemic sped things up because it exactly. told us that we have to do it. Yeah. Okay. And it created efficiencies can I, can I add in to other this? places. May I? Hold on, Jim. Hold on. Oh, no, I was, no please, Farmer Put Jim. Put your tractor in pause talking. for a second. Hold on. Courtney, please continue. <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, you know, Josh and I were going back neutral. and forth on, on this, which is which because we're both in agreement on this. And when you talk about the changes and trends that work from home have brought to society, whether it's Target and the drive up and you saw the huge boom there, Macy's digital sales, you saw what came out of that. These things for companies that can adjust and adapt to what is the new normal are going to do incredibly, incredibly well. Josh is 100% right. It's sped up the process. We've created efficiencies that we would have never created before. And I think it is up to the marketplace to actually realize what is occurring here and step out of your shoes and say, this is not something that's going away in the near term. And we have to be realistic about what that means okay. as we look forward. All right. So 
I'm coming right back to you then, um, Courtney. Before I get to you, Jim, don't worry. You're not going to run out of gas, I, I promise you. I want to hear from Jimmy. <laughs> I do too. But because we're having this conversation in the, in the way that we are, we're talking about companies that aren't going away. What about a Peloton, Court? Okay, that's not going away. Are people going to buy them no. in, the, in the numbers in which they have during the pandemic? I, I don't know. You must think they are, though, because you bought Peloton. It's an interesting time to buy Peloton, given the gains that the stock has had. 135% in six months, 268% year to date. It is. It is. And when you look at the backlog of people who want this product, it's unbelievable. My sister, actually, I got a Peloton more recently, um, a treadmill. And my sister was like, Courtney, I love this thing so much. I want one, too. She went on to try to buy one. She can't even get one until December. That is not a stay-at-home um, product, it, they might have, you know, ca- it might have catalyzed kind of their growth and it created a tremendous amount of growth. But this is a product that is going to be here, whether you're going to the gym or not. This is a product that is going to be in the homes of people as we move forward. You're right. Are you going to see maybe the tremendous amount of growth that you saw during the pandemic? Maybe not. But maybe you do. And as this company continues to innovate as it moves forward, um, I think you're going to see a lot more households looking to um, have this item in their homes. But again, it's something that really kind of pulled forward their growth. And as long as they can keep up with the trends and also keep up with the growth pipeline that they have built up, I think you're going to see this company moving forward. And Beyonce definitely does not ever hurt a brand. Okay. All right. All right, Jim. How's your moment? Okay. (laughs) Thank you, brother. Um, look, I, it's Court, Court and Josh are doing a great job of explaining how fabulous these companies are, and they are, and the representative secular change. What I don't hear us talking about is the price and the question of how much of this is already anticipated by the stock market. Now, we were talking about Square a minute ago. It's up 200% year to date. You know, compare that to a Visa or Fidelity National Information Services, which are up 5 to 10%, and are going to have many of the same drivers. The point that I would drive at here, and what I'm trying to say is, that worked, that performance mismatch, when you had very low growth expectations. And Square was the only place you could look to amongst those three for growth. But now as the economy looks to reopen over the next six to nine months, and as the rally broadens, you have to ask yourself, is it already priced into a lot of these stocks? They're great companies. But their share prices may indicate they're not great stocks. But that's what I'm saying, Josh, about a Peloton. Is that a secular change stock? Really? Is that a secular and change it's a, stock? It's a Peloton's, category. Pel, Pel, Go ahead. Peloton's not a great example of what I was trying to say, because I actually think there was a lot of adoption of Peloton that never would have taken. Forget about pulled forward. It just never would have happened. There are a lot of people that belong to fitness clubs. Uh, and they were just happy, and they, they weren't looking for a home gym. So that's a, I, I think it's an idiosyncratic case that I don't want to spend too much time on. Um, but in the case of PayPal and Square, to Courtney's point, and in the case of contactless payments and um, all these payment gateways and Shopify, all of that was going to happen no matter what. It was only a matter of time. And what the pandemic did was it galvanized um, companies to think differently about how they're interacting with the public, how they're delivering their product, their service. It, they had no choice but to figure it out within the span of six months. And that's why NVIDIA's done what it's done. And that's why Zoom's done what it's done and Shopify. Um, now, Jim makes a good point. Like at a certain point, we're betting on more adoption than will ever take place. 
when we're talking about 50 times sales for five different software stocks and they're all looking for the same client, it's not going to work. Okay, fair, I agree. Look for category killers who will not be stopped and who have something that's unassailable. I have a few of those names. I think I have a few of those names. I think PayPal is one of them. I think CrowdStrike could be one of them. Um, look for those category killers that don't require a pandemic like maybe Peloton does. And I think you'll be okay even if you're paying on the high side of valuation. Don't forget, Judge, this is important, and Jim, heed me. There's a reason these companies have extreme valuations sometimes. Sometimes it's justified because the investors see something bigger than what you would see looking at the next 12 months. And sometimes these valuations end up looking cheap in hindsight, even though they look inflated today. It won't work for every stock, but in some cases it will. And if you're an investor, I think that's what you're trying to figure out. Okay, that's a fair point and well said. Though, Doc, I, I go back to Peloton for the simple reason that it is, in my estimation, the quintessential pandemic stock, okay? You couldn't go to the mm -hmm. gym. People wanted to exercise, so they bought the exercise bike. That's what it is. It's an exercise yep. bike, right? Mm -hmm. you ha if you wanted to exercise and you could afford the bike because it's not cheap, you bought a Peloton. Mm -hmm. On the other side of the pandemic, people are not going to buy Pelotons at the same rate that they're buying them now. I'd be willing to bet on that. They're going to be selling Because them. you're going to want to go to the gym and be around people and just go to the gym. You don't need to stay home and use a Peloton. So you don't need but to spend $3,000 to do that. The reason why it's relevant is because well, Courtney's buying the stock today. You know, no, I didn't buy it I know today. It's today. I did not buy it today. I understand. When did you buy it? So I bought it when it dipped below 100, and I think that's imperative for you to also realize. When it dipped down below 100, okay. and I kind of thought about what the value was. I mean, was it's 105. Stock, I mean, what did you buy it at, 99.99? No, a little lower than that. But either way, a gain is a gain, as my buddy John likes to talk about all the time. A gain is a gain, and, yeah. and, and a profit is a profit. I know, but and my point is, my point is, is now, is now around. My point is, ne is now <laughs> around these levels, whether it's ninety dollars or hundred dollars, is now the time uh -huh. to get into a Peloton, with all of the optimism about a vaccine on the horizon that we started our program talking about, and Josh made his case as to the explosion that's going to happen in certain stocks. Well, is the air going to get taken out of other stocks like a Peloton? John? Well, it, it could, Scott. But um, Courtney is a shrewd investor. She's buying a stock that was $140, and she's paying less than 100 for it. So I can't fault her. I don't think any of us could uh, for that. And I think that the backlog here, although it's not a Boeing-esque backlog. It's certainly a huge backlog of people that have put in orders for the treadmill and the bike, neither of which can you just order right now and have it delivered tomorrow. So I think it takes them a while to work through that backlog. You can't forget about the reoccurring revenue, even from people that aren't owners of Peloton, but want to work out from home through that Peloton app, which is on Roku, by the way, Jim. I think um, you got to watch the, second others, the secondary market there, though. You you got you got well, to sure. be and look if you're in, if you're in this name at a thirty billion dollar valuation, you have to be aware mm -hmm. of how many pelotons go up for sale when this winter ends, and so maybe you have a couple of months to worry about that or not worry about that. Um, but I I wouldn't be surprised to see a situation where that number 
is correlated with a, a downtrend in the stock, um, it's going to be tougher just, and tougher just real quick, um, though, real, to, to convince the next generation of let, people that haven't bought one yet. Let me do this, Doc. Hold your thought. I'm gonna, okay. Let me take a quick but, break. We'll come back. I'll get okay. your thought. I promise you that. And we'll talk about the financials, too. A number of big calls there. We'll do that next. Old Dominion Freight Line was built on keeping promises. With an industry-leading on-time delivery record and low claims rate, we keep promises better than any other LTL freight carrier because we treat every shipment like it's our most important one, which means we do the little things right so that we can keep our promises and you can keep yours, too. That's what drives us. To learn how OD can help your business keep its promises, visit odfl.com. Old Dominion, helping the world keep promises. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Sue Herrera. Here's your CNBC News update at this hour. The CDC has updated its Thanksgiving guidelines. It now recommends Americans avoid traveling for the holiday. And just moments ago, the White House Coronavirus Task Force announced it will hold a briefing at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Major medical and health organizations also urging Americans to scale back their Thanksgiving plans to stop another spike in new infections and protect health workers from being overwhelmed with critically ill patients. A nursing home expert estimates more than 40,000 long-term care residents have died prematurely since the pandemic began of causes other than COVID-19, many because overburdened workers haven't been able to give them the care that they need. And Southwest Airlines says about a quarter of its customers are uncomfortable getting back on Boeing 737 MAX planes. Company spokesman says their comfort level, though, should improve once those jets have been flying for a while. You are up to date, Scott. That's the news update. Back to you. The task force at 4 o'clock. Yep. With Vice President Pence. The task force. Yep. Remember that thing, right? It's, it's been a while. Let's just say it's been a while since we've seen the task force, but it comes amid the CDC recommendations yeah. and then the letter from the American Nurses Association, the AMA and others uh, talking about Thanksgiving. So we'll see if they address those issues. Yeah. Sue, thank you. You got it. Scotty. All right, that's Sue Herrera. All right, Doc, back to you. Let's wrap that up. All right, Scott. Yeah, wrap it up real quick. Um, they've got about two million subscribers to their connected fitness app. Peloton does, Scott. So to Josh's point, um, used bikes online to me aren't nearly as much as how much does that drop off? In other words, do people return to the gyms? The 77% surge in those connected fitness app folks that joined to become part of that 2 million, if that starts eroding dramatically, then this story has shifted. So that's the stat that I'm going to be watching. I hear you. I'm glad you said that. And and, and to be clear, this is not necessarily a... I know it sounds like a Peloton-specific conversation. I'm trying to use it as a bigger-picture look at the other Pelotons, if you will, that have enjoyed the same kind of success that that company has had during the pandemic. And if there are others that you need to identify in your portfolio that may face some of the similar challenges on whatever the other side is. All right, we'll leave it there. Because Courtney Gibson has joined the board of Lululemon. Congratulations, Court. Thanks, Scott. Thanks. I appreciate it. Tell us about that. 
I'm just incredibly, incredibly excited. I mean, again, some of the things that I've talked about, incredibly strong management team, highly, highly functioning board, and just tremendous growth prospects. And they also, um, from an ESG perspective, and I know, Jimmy, you've talked about this, Joe's talked about this, everyone's talked about this, um, they're, they're really eating their own cooking, right? So from inclusion, diversity, equity, and access, from the top down, this company is doing all of the right things, and I'm just incredibly excited to be a part of it. The board of directors took a big step up today, Court. Just don't, oh, don't thanks, forget about Scott. the rest of us, okay? Don't forget, don't <laughs> Never. forget about us. <laughs> Congrats to you, seriously. Thanks. Seriously, Thank we're all you. proud of Scott you. Scott wants gift cards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hey, look, guys, growth. Yeah, can you get those A B? Do something. Do something about the ABCs that are never in my size either. That's annoying. I'm going to come back to you on that. All right, let's talk about a number <laughs> of bank calls today because I did want to. Um, I did want to go through those, and there are many. And the banks have been our focus lately, in part because of Warren Buffett's move in a lot of the banks basically just pulling a ripcord on most of them, except for uh, Bank of America. Wells Fargo today upgraded to a buy from neutral. That's at D.A. Davidson. All right, Doc, you own Wells Fargo calls. Talk hmm. to me about this one, then we'll move on to the next one. Scott, I own this one. I own Key. I own J.P. Morgan, uh, uh, Wells Fargo, Bank America, Capital One. I'm actually loaded up now over the past month with these financials. Do I think it's over for them if the yield curve doesn't steepen? Um, no. I think uh, this is a long-term play. You pick out the ones like City and Bank America that you think, Wait. and perhaps Wells as well, did you just that say, you think did, can make those leaps. Did I just hear you say this correctly? I'm loaded up on the financials? Well, uh, like I said, look at those names. KeyBank, like J.P. Morgan, Wells Fargo, <laughs> Capital One Financial. I mean, you know, uh, it, it's flown under the radar here for a while because we only talk about one of those, really, at J.P. Morgan. Um, and I'm long that one as well. But I've bought these, Scott, at the end of August, and I'm still holding them and just pumping calls into them every month. It's been a great ride since then, and I think it continues well into the second half of next year. Courtney, did uh -oh. you want to say something? Uh-oh. I knew you were coming. Scott, you always like to talk to me about the banks, but this is one of those days where, you know, again, I, I, I think there are just opportunities in a lot of different places and in the financial services sector, mm -hmm. J.P. Morgan, Citibank. Again, things I own, I want to be very clear, J.P. Morgan, City, for very different reasons, but leadership at the top is key. Diversification of their platform is key. Ability to have multiple revenue streams to be able to provide profits to your shareholders. And then I also like the asset management mm -hmm. business, as we've talked about over and over and over again. You guys, you're not too late, and I want to be very clear, and Josh... With John, you know, he is in and out on certain trades, but for the long term, there are companies in this sector that are going to win. I'm still sticking with it, Scott. So J.P. Morgan, by the way, Josh, got downgraded today at, at KBW. Um, look, I appreciate what Courtney says about the leadership of all of the banks. Um, it's hard to knock any of it at all. But that hasn't mm -hmm. translated into much in terms of the stock performance um, of late. This year, rates are low. Is now the time to recommend bank stocks to people? You know, Jake, no, I keep hearing I keep hearing this story about how you have to have a steepening yield curve for the banks to work. And then I go back and look at a chart of JP Morgan before the pandemic. And actually, the yield curve was never more narrow 
than it was in February of 2020. It was 12 basis points, tens and twos, okay? 12 basis points. Right now it's yeah. about 75 basis points. So it's four or five times wider, than it, uh, steeper than it was then. Okay. Um, JP Morgan, at the time that the yield spread was, was 12 basis points, by the way, was $140 stock. So now we have had substantial steepening um, off, off the lows this summer, but also off of that low I cite uh, back in February. Why is JP Morgan $30 lower? So this stock's going higher. I understand it's Thank going you, to take time. I do believe, I do believe that the yield uh, curve should steepen, uh, and that will help the whole sector. JP Morgan is best in class doesn't mm -hmm. solely rely on making money on deposits, which is hard right now, has great businesses on Wall Street, and is working really hard on the next generation of consumer banking apps, et cetera. So, so if you're going to be in the financials, I don't think you want to own them all. I think you want to own this one. I'm not going to argue or pick a fight with anybody, particularly a person who's wearing a down vest inside the house in the basement. I'm not hey, going to hey, do hey, that. Hey, 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 I'm, I'm, not, in I'm not in a house. <laughs> don't do it. I'm not uh, an A, I'm not the house, point. B, it's Ralph Lauren, so sit Ooh. down. Okay. Go on. All right. Okay. And J.P. Morgan, if, again, adapting, small okay. business, quick accept. Right. I mean, I hear the same story about J.P. Morgan over and over again. But if Buffett and company yeah. all but bailed out of it completely, what does that say about, about J.P. Morgan? Buffett loves Jamie Dimon. He loves his leadership and the way that he runs that firm, right? They're, they've done other maybe things together. Maybe that's why they had to just be friends. Yeah. Maybe, 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 that, friends. maybe that's they, why. They sold out almost completely of that stock. Isn't that a and, statement? And he could turn around right? tomorrow and buy it again. You know how Warren Buffett will do. Well, he potentially, if he believes... One, you don't, we don't really know why he sold. I mean, maybe you can get him on to have him explain that. But fundamentally, the things that you would like about a J.P. Morgan, if you've read anything from Warren Buffett, those are things you would like about this company. So I personally... That America Warren Buffett sold it? Phone. No, no, no. But I'm, I'm actually surprised that he sold it. And so we probably need to understand what the rationale was for selling it. Do you know what it was? I mean, maybe it's just because it can't be any of his normal maybe. fundamental reasons for selling that stock. Oh, OK. I don't know. Maybe it's the fact that the stock is down. The stock really can't get out of its own way, along with a lot of the other bank stocks. And he's he just tired sell of the because banks. of price. Maybe he's just tired he of the sells banks. because of fundamentals. It's fun. It hey, Scott. Yeah, Jim. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but let me just say the fundamental reasons here. Josh pointed out it's not the yield curve. It's the vaccine. The vaccine gets you to reopening. And what that means is loan loss reserves are too high. Loan losses are going to be reserved in the middle of, excuse me, reversed in the middle of next year. Jamie Dimon said that on the last earnings call. He said, he if we come out of this relatively soon, then we've over-reserved. Additionally, you get into the first quarter Tell them of next what they year do with that money, and you've Jim. got the vaccine. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You get to the first quarter of next year, vaccines are being distributed. Mm -hmm. I think the Fed will let stocks, excuse me, companies start buying back their stocks again. Citigroup's at 70% of book value. I mean, the fundamentals yep. are there. The market is anticipating this as it does. That's why, that's why Citi's up 22% this month. That's why JP Morgan is up 18% just this month. Well, I okay, get it, right? Month, like we said, it, the, the reopened stocks... The reopened stocks are all up this month, and the banks are part of that story. I totally get that, but it's from where they were. These stocks 
No, it isn't. These, but these no, stocks it isn't. These stocks, despite the fact forward. that people, these stocks, despite the fact that people come on this show routinely and say, buy the banks, buy the banks, they're below book value. I love the leadership. Jamie Dimon, he's great. And Scott, Everybody's have we bought great in the, the last time we had this argument? You'd be up, you'd be up north of twenty percent in city. We had this exact discussion, Scott, and you know I adore you. And I know you've been kind of pitting the other side of this, <laughs> but again, it's one of those things where if you can pick the companies that are positioning themselves for the future, you will be okay in those names for the long term. And JP Morgan, the cities, look at the adjustments they've made during the pandemic from both the product category perspective as well as from the cost perspective. And you're going to see some benefits as a shareholder of these companies. Okay. Look at the leadership. Don't try and make me feel better. That was yes. like, I adore you, but you're an idiot right now. But you did it in your way. <laughs> no, you're so the other side. Now. I totally get it. I know exactly where you're coming from. All right, let's take a break. Up next, the big ETFs to watch today. Before we head to break, here is the S&P sector heat map. We are back right after this. What does it mean to be rich? Maybe it's less about reaching a magic number and more about discovering the magic in life. At Edward Jones... Our dedicated financial advisors are the people you can count on for financial strategies that help support a life you love. Because the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Learn more about our comprehensive approach to planning at edwardjones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. B2B selling is tougher than ever, and we feel your pain. If you're struggling to close deals, consider giving LinkedIn Sales Navigator a shot. This sales intelligence platform helps professionals like you engage high-value customers, drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Sales Navigator also guides you in targeting the right buyers, highlights key signals such as job changes or which accounts you should prioritize, and uncovers hidden hot prospects so you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. Fueled by LinkedIn's 1 billion member platform, Sales Navigator gives you the most up-to-date first-party data, enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash halftime report. That is linkedin.com slash halftime report for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash halftime report and get started. And welcome back to the ETF Edge portion of Halftime Report. I'm Bob Pisani. Our guest today is Steve Sachs, head of capital markets for ETFs at Goldman Sachs. And Andrew McCormick is the managing director at Wallach Beth. Uh, Steve, you run the Goldman Sachs ETF business. Your biggest fund, that's a, the $10 billion active beta large cap, owns all the big fan, fang names. This is multi-factor. You've got quality, momentum, low volatility, all combined, all equal weighted into a single ETF. So the question is, is tech going to continue to rank really high on this list, on the quality and momentum in 2021? Fang's your biggest holdings right now. Yeah, and good to see you, Bob, as always. So, yeah, look, you know, it's been the biggest holdings in GSLC, which is the Goldman Sachs Active Beta U.S. Large Cap Fund, for quite a while. The turnover in this strategy is relatively low uh, at about 20 percent a year. So, look, those have been persistent and consistent names at the top holdings of uh, GSLC for a while. But Bob, to your point, you know, look, the whole design of GSLC is to be, you know, an equal weighted approach to multi-factor quality, 
value, low volatility, momentum. Uh, and look, picking individual factors is tough. I mean, look no further than this year in the marketplace. Uh, it's been a difficult proposition. So we think having that consistent and persistent you know, allocation to multiple factors in an equal risk-weighted fashion really tends to produce you know, better risk-adjusted results over yeah. time. Yeah, multi-factor seems to be working very well right now. Andrew, the markets can't seem to decide if it should focus on the spring opening of 2021 or on the COVID winter of 2020. Today, it looks like tech, work from home, they're doing better. And what looks like this, I call it lockdown light that the country is now entering. Yeah, I, I really think that we're in a tug of war between different types of investors, which is fine. Again, if you're long-term and forward-thinking, then you want to be paying a manager like Goldman Sachs to discipline their model and put it out there. However... You, you know, you have a period like today, New York City schools closed, and that just kind of re-engages this kind of retail investor and day traders who are very powerful in this market. Look at even Zoom is outperforming the NASDAQ today by a half a percent. And then some of these names like Boeing and these comeback names have kind of just come in a little bit. I don't think that means they're a sell. It just means the longer-term money, like Steve said, doesn't have the turnover that the day traders have. But there is a chance to be outperforming and have that be a powerful trade if you're on the right side of it like many investors were this year. Okay, thanks, guys. Don't forget ETF Edge, 1 p.m. today. We'll be diving into multi-factor ETFs that weight towards several metrics like quality, size, momentum. Does combining these strategies beat just a single strategy? That's the question. Andrew and Steve will be joined by Steve DeRoyan. He's U.S. Head of Asset Allocation and ETF Product over at John Hancock Investment Management. ETFedge.cnbc.com. Halftime is back in 30 seconds. We're back. Let's bring in Rahel Solomon now with some bullish stock calls on the street we need to talk about. Hey, Rahel. Hi, Scott. So Morgan Stanley naming Wynn Resorts a preferred U.S. gaming stock. Price target jumps 20 bucks to 120 a share. So this is on the COVID vaccine news and a stronger Chinese economy. Go to Rx. Take a look. Shares are up about 9% today after an RBC upgrade to outperform. The stock, however, is still down more than 20% this week on that Amazon pharmacy news. RBC says that pullback is an overreaction by the dip here. They says that discounts will be larger on GoodRx than Amazon and that home delivery is really only 5% of retail pharma. And staying with RBC, the firm bumping the price target on Yelp from $29 to $34. And this, Scott, is on improving fundamentals and also the belief that once the economy reopens, the snapback will be fast for restaurants, bars, beauty and fitness. The stock, Scott, is up more than 60% in a month and also on pace for its best month ever. I certainly hope they're right. Rahel, thank you. Rahel Solomon there. All right, natural gas prices are plunging. We'll find out how futures traders are playing that pullback. Do it next. Time for the futures outlook. Natural gas prices tumbling. Let's bring in Scott Nations of Nations Indexes. What is the trade, Scotty? Uh, Well, we want to be a buyer, but Scotty, it's gotten killed today. Just pummeled with the news that we had 31 billion new cubic feet injected into storage. But it, it's it down more than 6% at one point. This is a, a, a break to buy, Scott, because we're going to go on lockdown again. We have winter usage coming up. I want to be a buyer of the Jan contract, $2.60. My target to the upside is going to be two eighty-five if we can get bought down there. Uh, stop is going to be $2.50. We always trade these with a the stop. Uh, contract lows, two forty-two. So I don't want to be in the in the trade if we get down there. But as you can see here, we're risking $1,000 to make $2,500. Good stuff. We'll talk to you soon. We're tight for time. See you later. Scott Nations, Unusual Activity, Final Trades. We'll talk NVIDIA. We'll do it next.
All right, Doc, unusual. What do you got for us? Louisiana Pacific, Scott, LPX, big buying out in February at the 37 strike. This is a housing play because that's what they deliver on, Scott. I'll probably be in these at least through January. I love the housing sector. Second one real quick, take a look at Cody. I don't know if another Kardashian is going to do a deal with them or what the story is, Scott, but they are buying the heck out of the December 6 calls. Stock is moving higher. These calls have already doubled on the day. And how about that Sonos, Scott? That was up 400% yep. on the option side overnight. Good stuff. Bang. Yep, good stock. <laughs> good stuff, Doc. Thank you. Thank All right, you. final trades. <laughs> Josh Brown. Um, NVIDIA staying long. Earnings were spectacular, up uh, 63%, sales of 57%. I told you five years ago, this should be the N in FANG. Uh, looks like that was a good call. This company, according to RBC, could one day join the trillion-dollar club um, assuming they yep. can close this arm holdings uh, chip deal. So I'm, I'm in. I love it. Okay. Great earnings. All right, good stuff. Court, quick final trade. I'm like John. I like housing right now. Give me some Toll Brothers. Give me more of it. Quick, Pharma Jim. Yes. CVS is nobody's chump. All right, Doc. Hey. WPX Energy. Bang. All right, good stuff. <laughs> nice to see everybody. Congrats again, Court. That does it for us. The exchange is next. I'm Scott Wapner, and you're listening to CNBC's Halftime Report, the podcast, the most profitable hour of the trading day. We record this live weekdays at 12 Eastern. Listen in. You seek the key, but first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range, and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today.